It's episode 71 of Viking 360, and Rube, it's great to be back with you. It's been quite a while since you and I have uh, had a chance to sit down and talk. Yeah, right, Brian. I don't think we really uh, haven't talked uh, since a week after the, um, the Hatchet football game, so it has been a while. And as you said, a Hatchet game that, of course, we'll get into this as football comes around, but doesn't exist anymore, so there's been a lot of news. Well, no, there there's not going to be a hatchet game for at least the, ne- the next two years, we know that, and, and maybe beyond. So we'll have to wait and see. So, Rube, a lot of uncertainty uh, around uh, still, as there has been most of 2020. Uh, what do you have this week? What are we, what are we looking at? I talked to uh, some college athletes. Uh, uh, Jameson Hunt, a f- friend of ours up at the Ohio Valley University, new stomping grounds for him, and he's having a, a, a good season for the Scots. And uh, I went, had the opportunity to watch uh, Jameson play one game up there, and uh, uh, Jameson is just a very unselfish player. He's like having a coach on the floor, and that makes sense because he's been around basketball since he could do, since he could walk. And he's probably going to be a coach, Rube, too, if I had to imagine. I think that's probably a role you'll see Jameson in one day. And I also talked to a collegiate wrestler, um, Chase Morgan. Uh, he's really been a, a study in perseverance. He went through a serious uh, – knee injury, and then uh, had, a, had to take a year off and came back strong last year with a great junior season. And uh, now he gets his uh, junior – I'm sorry, he gets his uh, junior season underway this weekend with a match uh, against Glenville and Alderson brought us uh, on the mats. The Morgan twins, uh, both uh, big-time wrestlers at Ripley High School, but also uh, just great athletes all the way around. So glad to see him doing well. The other uh, interview that I had is an unusual one. His name is Doug Hammock. Graduated from Ripley in uh, 1985, and he's made a career in helping athletes uh, prepare for the next level. He's a professional trainer, and he gets uh, high school grads uh, ready for college and college grads ready for the pros. So, uh, Rube, I had a chance to chat with uh, a Viking who uh, just uh, left, and a lot has changed since he last left the floor at the health center and Ty Johnson uh, didn't really get to see his senior year play out the way he would have liked it. And then going into his college season, it's just been tough. He's been battling injuries and obviously the COVID situation. That's uh, that's great. And um... he's, he's a, he's a fun kid. He's a smart kid, Rube. And I think honestly, he's going to have a really good career and, and do a lot of good things. You know, he's down at uh, WVU Tech, and which is in Beckley now instead of Montgomery, but there are several uh, Ripley High graduates who are athlete, athletes down at Tech. Yeah, and uh, another uh, guy I had a chance to catch up with, Viking Athletic Director Steve Lowe. Uh, what a tough job he's had. Yes, we use the analogy, Brian, of redoing these schedules time and time again. It's sort of like a uh, you rake up all the leaves uh, in your yard, and you're ready to go, and they, a windstorm uh, comes along, and you start all over again. He's made up these winter uh, basketball schedules, I believe, three times now. He's on the yeah. third time now. Yeah. So, uh, you know, three times for him, and uh, hopefully this will be the last. But here's Viking Athletic Director Steve Lowe has had a chance to catch up with him. Coach, thanks for being with me. Hey, not a problem, Brian. Thanks for the, the time. Hey, uh, I know you're exhausted, man. It's uh, This has been a long process for you, I'm sure. You've uh, been wearing a lot of hats, and uh, you've been asked to uh, uh, carry a lot of weight throughout uh, probably this last six, eight, ten months uh, uh, as the athletic director at Ripley High School. Just from a personal standpoint, uh, how exhausting has it been for you? Uh, 
Um, actually, it's not so much being the exhausted aspect of it is, you know, just kind of feeling, you know, let down for the kids. Because, I mean, the biggest thing is to get the kids back on the field, get the, um, the games going again, the practices going again. And I think sometimes I feel, you know, bad for that. And that kind of um, brings you down a little bit and kind of gives you that tired feeling because you work so hard to put things together and have the schedule set, you know, and then all of a sudden it just, you know, uh, get that pulled away and you have to reschedule everything and you kind of keep going as it is. Well, we're in uh, reschedule number two, I guess you would say, of – of the COVID lockdown for the, uh, we shouldn't call it a lockdown, I guess, but for the winter sports and then spring sports, give us an update on uh, where exactly we stand with that uh, by the governor's latest um, uh, latest press conference he had, kind of giving the, the uh, ground rules and, and laying that out because I think there's a lot of confusion about it. Well, right now we're actually in uh, changing of schedule number three in basketball and wrestling. So we had our first schedule as normal, and then the second schedule was the first change, and now we're actually going through the third change uh, in what we are doing. And the biggest thing is, is right now the governor has set the March 1st date uh, uh, for uh, winter sports to start. Um, we're trying to right now um, get a hold of uh, the governor's office uh, as the West Virginia Secondary Schools to figure out if that's going to be a start playing date or is it going to be uh, a start practice date. So right now we're kind of up in the air um, with the West Virginia Secondary Schools to give us a uh, final timeline. Uh, we have been working uh, this week on a, a skeleton-type um time frame on dates for winter and spring sports to start uh we know that there's going to be some overlapping in those sports um but it looks like we're going to be able to as long as you know it holds out with what we're getting from charleston to be able to have uh both winter and the spring sports so just from a logistic perspective you talk about the overlap, and I—that I, was a question I had. Uh, there are there's a handful of kids that play, you know, basketball, and then also play baseball or, or run track and play uh, basketball or whatever the case may be. Uh, is it feasible to think that on game days or game uh, nights uh, a kid could play basketball one night and maybe baseball the next night? Um. There is that possibility, and, you know, we had a, a principal's athletic director meeting um, the other day, and, you know, we talked about, you know, that possibility that there will be some, you know, games uh, in winter that, you know, the spring sports could be starting. Um, we know that some of the smaller schools that we're at our meeting with um, talked about, you know, how that's going to impact their student-athletes whether they may not even be able to um, hold a, a baseball team or a softball team because their kids are still in the winter sports. So there will be some overlap. Um, but by the look of the schedule, there may be a few games of overlap, um, even wrestling. There may be some matches that overlap with some practice time for the spring sports. Um, but again, we're sitting here waiting to get the final schedules 
and to get the final dates together. That way we're all going to be able to then go into it and say, okay, you know, here's the start date for this. Here's the end date for this. Here's the state championship games for this. And so we're just kind of not so much in limbo, but we're kind of setting waiting. Coach, there's been so much speculation and you talk about uh, dates moving and, and things changing just from a, a morale standpoint for coaches, administration, players uh, in particular, what would a concrete schedule date saying, here's when we're starting, this is what happens, what, what would that do uh, from a morale perspective, do you think? I think, you know, talking to some of the student-athletes that I've talked to, the ones that, we, you know, being a teacher here where we do Google Meets and we meet with our students uh, a few times a week, um, you know, a lot of them, are, you know, that's our first question. Hey, Mr. Lowe, have you got dates yet set? Do you have a date set? When are we going to start winter sports? When can we start? You know, I think they're as much anxious um, to get started as we are, you know, and our, all of our coaches are like, you know, they're anxious to get that concrete date. And I think that's the biggest thing. Once, you know, we have those dates, you know, we thought that that January 11th date or the 18th date was going to be a concrete date for all of us to start, you know, back. And then they were real excited. And, you know, now we've got to get those dates. You know, we had to move those dates. So one of those things of things that we need to put together is getting them concrete dates set, you know, when is a sectional tournaments, when are the regional tournaments, you know, you know, how long are we going to go? Are we going to go into later in the month of June uh, with some of these sports? So I think that's a, a big thing that the parents want to know, the kids want to know, and definitely the coaches. What I know this is uh, a loaded question so somewhat, but uh, what's your gut feeling on fan availability for the winter sports once they begin? Well, I think there's, you know, in our talk that we had the other day, I think there's a lot of question on what the governor is going to allow it to happen, you know, whether he's going to allow 20%, whether he's going to let, you know, what we did with volleyball for, you know, since they were in the fall last year, what we're allowed there, you know, and it depends, you know, you think about even some of the gym sizes of some of these schools, you know, Parkersburg High is going to be able to hold a whole lot more uh, fans if they do 20% than what our gym here at Ripley will hold. So, you know, it all depends on what um, they come up with, if they come up with parents only or whether they come up with parents and grandparents or siblings. You know, that's going to be, you know, it's not going to be so much in our hands to be able to, um, to dictate what we're allowed to do. Well, Coach, uh, thank you so much for all your hard work and, and, and keeping this thing afloat as best as humanly possible. We uh, That doesn't go unnoticed. We appreciate all of your hard work and, and everyone there, uh, Coach, uh, our Principal Frazier as well, all of his hard work, uh, and uh, keeping our kids uh, motivated and giving them a chance. And we appreciate that, and uh, best of luck to you. I appreciate that, Brian. Thank you guys very much. Mike Rubin had this conversation with former Viking wrestler and now on the mats at West Liberty. Here's Chase Morgan. 
We're talking with Chase Morgan here on Viking 360, and Chase has uh, had quite a successful wrestling career, both with uh, with the Viking program and on the collegiate level at uh, West Liberty. And uh, Chase, thanks for joining us on the podcast this week. Hey, thanks for having me, Rube. Well, tell us, uh, wrestling is is not an easy sport, and yet, obviously, there's something appealing about it to you. Uh, what do you like about the sport of wrestling? Um, you know, what can I, like, where can I start? Um, to be honest, I've been around it my entire life, um, without even me knowing it, to be honest. Like, when I was young, um, you know, my, my cousins, Matt and Mitch Smith, they both wrestled and was phenomenal and um you know they kind of got me interested in it and it got us talking at first you know football was a big deal for me but as I grew older uh middle school hit and basketball tryouts came around and I had a feeling I I don't know if I was going to make it or not so I sat down with my dad one day and me and my brother discussed about it and we were like you know we're kind of rough football players so why don't we just you know give wrestling a try so Seventh grade was when it started, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, you go, you go, seeing your cousins, hearing like how well Matt and Mitch did, you know, looking at their history and stuff, and it just kind of inspired you. And then, you know, years later, you, you, you got an older sister, and she's dating, you know, you know, he's in a, his name's Logan Martin, he's in a family full of wrestlers. All, All the Martin brothers are phenomenal. You look up to them, you know. Not only great wrestlers, but, you know, great football players, great people as well. And then, you know, you just get around these people in this environment and you just become, like, fully indulged and, and inspired. And, um, you know, I get up to the high school level and I'm blessed enough to say that Matt was our coach. So, all four years. And um, he just helped me and shaped me into this um, person that I am now. And I'm just truly grateful for that. Not even Matt. Um you know, Steph Phelan was there, too, as an assistant. He helped me in camps every day. I can remember going in early mornings, and, you know, he gave us a lot of his time. And um, he was also, he's also a West Liberty wrestler. And then you've got um, Logan, too, for a short time there. He was, you know, helping us coach and, you know, giving us some tips. And being around those guys in the room, like um, Jake, Preston, um, even Lucas Simpkins, he's a great wrestler as well. He shaped me and my brother into, you know, what we are now. So if it wasn't for those type of people, I honestly, you know, couldn't say I've gotten to where I am now. So I just want to say that first and foremost. Um, but wrestling as a sport is just something I truly love. You know, the whole discipline aspect of it just creates so much freedom and opportunity. And, and it's just um, an indescribable feeling when you're out there, you know, the lights are on you and, you know, you're just going toe-to-toe with another man and just testing, you know, your limits. It's just a beautiful thing. Chase, you had quite a bit of success uh, as a sophomore up at West Lib, uh, getting 18 wins uh, during the season, and I believe you were uh, runner-up in the in the conference tournament at 165 pounds. Uh, so, uh, going off that kind of record as a as a sophomore, what are you looking forward to uh, as a junior for the Hilltoppers? Um, yeah. So, going forward, I mean, you know, last year was a great great experience uh, that was me actually coming off of uh, a red shirt season I tore my ACL the year before so just kind of having that uncertainty of just being able to go out and even wrestle was 
you know, always in the back of my mind. <clears throat> but then, you know, as the year progressed and I got to beat some tough kids and, you know, like you said, placing second in the conference, some, some really great things, some huge blessings came about. Um, just gave me some confidence coming into this year and, you know, it just makes you excited and um, you don't want to get too ahead, but you also can look back and, you know, have some, you know, a, in, a insurance in yourself and you can know, like, you know, hey, I can come this much further now. So I'm just looking forward to, um, first and foremost, just competing. I mean, with this COVID stuff going on, you don't really know. So I'm excited to get to step back out again and, you know, get paid every weekend, as I like to say. It's, you know, I like to call match days paydays. So I'm excited to, you know, finally cash the paycheck in. <laughs> That's great, Chase. And, and you, you mentioned the COVID situation, but uh, we know how it affects. I've seen on television how it has affected uh, football and basketball and other sports, but I'm not aware on how the regulations have been altered because of COVID-19 for the sport of wrestling. Can you just tell me a little bit about how that makes uh, the competition different for you? Um, yeah, so this year, we're actually just, this is just considered a COVID year, so we don't get any eligibility taken away from us. We're actually getting it back. So it's just kind of like a free year for all student athletes. So kind of pictured as like a fifth year without the fifth year, you just get a year. So um, they've shrunk all, you know, regular season competition down to just the conference. So we're not wrestling anyone else outside of the Mountain East Conference. And, um, you know, that's all in-state teams and, Two out of state teams, I believe it's Notre Dame College and um, University of uh, Pembroke, which is in North Carolina. So we're wrestling just conference teams. And as a program, as West Liberty, um, we're just, you know, doing these things called rapid testing. And it's just like these nasal swabs or spit tests. And if you test positive, you're out for 10 days. And then we do this contact tracing as well. So if you get hit, say, so you tested positive, and the people you were wrestling um, around you, they have to quarantine for a certain amount of time before, you know, they're cleared again without symptoms and signs and things like that. So uh, we're getting rapid tested now because we were getting rapid, te or, yeah, rapid tested about once a week, but now it's more uh, three times a week since we're competing. So we're actually about to do another COVID test right now at noon. So coming up shortly, we'll, we'll be taking the test. <laughs> All right, and Chase, the season opens up on Saturday against Glenville and Alderson Broadus, and I guess uh, it's been some time off uh, for everybody, so yeah, I guess you're pretty excited about uh, getting things going again. Yeah, and, um, you know, I know as our program and stuff, and, and giving some credit to Danny Irwin and, and the coaching staff up here, um, you know, we really haven't taken time off. Like, we've been going hard since the beginning of August, since we've gotten to school, we've done a whole preseason cycle. We've just finished a, a whole fall cycle. So, but what I mean by cycles is, you know, we're doing lifts and work, working out in uh, September through August, or August through September. And then we start practice, you know, in October. So we've been going full out practice from October to till now, pretty much. And, um, Besides, you know, some guys getting hit here and there with the positive test and us having a quarantine here and there, you know, you got your holidays. We've been going um, all out, so I think we're fully prepared and, you know, ready to toe the line against AB and um, Glenville State on Saturday. I just, 
I know we're ready. We're, we're definitely hungry. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, we should, you know, all wrestle tough and, and just have fun and, you know, just finally, you know, get a reward out of something. You know, it's been a long journey, so I'm excited. Well, Chase, I appreciate you uh, taking time to uh, talk with us on the podcast and wish you uh, best of luck in the season beginning with uh, the matches on uh, Saturday against uh, the Pioneers and the Battlers. Good luck. Thank you very much. God bless. He was a big man with Viking basketball and one of the school's all-time leader in block shots. Here's Brian Johnson's conversation with Ty Johnson. All right, welcome back inside Viking 360. Joined now by former Viking and uh, now college basketball standout, uh, Ty Johnson. Ty, thanks for being with me, bud. Hey, Brian, thanks for having me. So uh, it's been an odd year, man. <laughs> Probably since uh, the last time you and I talked at the end of your uh, career at Ripley High School, uh, the world changed, as we all know. And, uh, you know, it's been it's been an odd uh happening around not only athletics but also in school Uh, take me through your uh, final days at Ripley High School Uh, I know your second semester of your senior year was not exactly what you expected yeah it it really wasn't I was really hoping that we would just do the quarantine for the two weeks or four weeks or whatever it was but then once that hit they just ended up uh, canceling the whole year and I was really looking forward to going back to school finishing uh my uh diploma with my buddies and all my friends what did you learn through all that ty um i know uh, now you're out on your own in college and uh the the life kind of hits you quick sometimes when you start growing up and uh, this has been odd and uh, something that i know you've probably had to adapt to like everyone else and uh, tell me what you've learned most about yourself through all this I mean, I mean, you just got to be tough in a tough time. I mean, like, honestly, I mean, like, nothing's promised. And, like, you don't ever know when something like this could, like, happen again. What, what, how did you prepare for uh, college basketball through all this? I know your, your brothers, I'm sure, probably played a big part in that. The fact that all three of you play basketball at a high level. Uh, how did you guys keep each other sharp? Uh, we were just always out playing basketball running and we have like a little gym in like our garage that like we would lift in and stuff you're through your first semester now uh, how are things going for you man how's school going how's uh, basketball uh, we I get little snippets of updates about how you're doing but uh, I'd love to hear uh, hear it from your mouth uh, school was different honestly I thought it was a little bit harder since we were in a pandemic uh, and we will be the second semester too, but yeah, I thought it was harder than what what like high school was. And basketball, honestly, didn't go as what I thought it would. I mean, I broke my jaw in preseason, literally like the second time we played open gym as a team. I was out for ten or eleven weeks for that, and then. I mean, really, I haven't really got to play basketball yet. I've had three practices, and now we're quarantined because a few people on the team have COVID. So I've only had three practices in college basketball. It's really hard, though, man. I don't think people understand. When you get behind at the college level, 
how difficult it is to, to get caught up uh, with uh, your peers and the guys that you're competing against because those practices and those preseason workouts and things mean so much to your preparation to be able to get on the floor. Yeah, they really do. And the team and everybody thought that, like, I was one of the best moving players and, like, one of the best bigs in those two open gyms I did play. But then I just happened to just have a freak accident, and then I wasn't able to play. Is your your jaw healed up well now? Or are you having some effects of that still, or, or are you doing well? Uh, It's pretty much healed, but, I mean, like, it bothers me, like, every once in a while, but, I mean, like, it's nothing serious or something that I can't play through. Now, t- this year doesn't count against your eligibility, so that's the good news uh, for you moving forward. Um, what do you uh, – just in, in your limited amount of time uh, of getting to actually work with the team and then uh, I'm sure seeing some of your teammates out there working hard, what are some of the things that you want to work on uh, once this season's over with to prepare you for next year? Uh, really, just my footwork and just, like, my sh- – strength because like I've said it before I mean like it's just a completely different game no matter what level of college basketball you play it's it's still the game you love though it's still the game that you play in the yard with your brothers and your dad and the game that that you've uh loved since you were just a young boy man and and I know it's a dream for you to to continue to play at the college level and uh, and we know you'll do it, man. We know you'll play at a high level. We look forward to seeing what's in store for you over the next couple of, of seasons. And uh, we wish you uh, get healthy, man. Hope your jaw's good. Get out of quarantine, and hopefully the world will get back to normal here before too long. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. Ty, thanks again, man. Uh, best of luck. Okay, thank you. Mike Rubin had this conversation with a Jackson County native who now lives in Orlando, Florida. He travels all over the United States, and he works with sports athletes aspiring to make it to the next level. He's a sports trainer, and he's also a mentor for a lot of young aspiring athletes. Here's one of Ripley's own, Doug Hammock. Our guest on the Viking 360 is a name familiar to anyone who went to Ripley High School in the era of the 1980s, and it's Doug Hammock, and Doug has uh, an interesting career in the uh, in the field of athletics, and uh, he goes by uh, D.C. now, and he is residing in the Orlando area of Florida, and uh, Doug, just tell us a little bit about uh, what you are doing these days. Hey, Mike, good to talk with you. The reason the DC is just for the company is called DC3. Uh, we started out uh, in the 2005 uh, that corporation. Before that, we uh, were 304 Pro Training. Uh, what I do is run a uh, company that trains uh, and conditions professional athletes. We work with uh, Major League Baseball players, NFL, NBA, and been blessed to even travel to England and work uh with the premier uh, English rugby league over the last 10 years. So we work uh, very boutique, one-on-one training with the guys uh, in their homes uh, or at our training facilities uh, that we have. Uh, I have one in Raleigh, North Carolina, and one here in Orlando, and partner with the training facility in Los Angeles, Miami, and Dallas. So uh, come up with a concept of training guys, uh, most 
athlete. I just started into the WNBA world, got our first WNBA player going with us. And then we also do the pro day preparation where the guys the gals are coming out of college and they're getting ready for the draft. So we do a real hardcore eight to twelve week program where they're with us training uh, six days a week. So that's uh, that's one side of the business that started it. So it all started by accident in two thousand. I lived in Dallas, Texas. Uh, William Richardson, the wide receiver for the Cowboys, uh, saw me training a young kid from Allen High School and asked me if I could make him quicker. I had no idea what I was doing. We started at it. He liked it, and word of mouth is just grew there. So I'm very blessed in that fact that I've never worked with amateur players. I started right out with an NFL player. And Doug, I've known you since your uh, your midget league days here in Ripley, and I know that you've always been uh, big on sports. And it has to be rewarding to have a career in doing uh, something that you love. So, what is the best part of this job? What is the most fun of of what you do? Probably getting to know on a personal relationship, uh, personal level, the pro player outside of the, the field, outside of the arena, uh, getting to know their families. Uh, I just went to an NBA player's daughter's second birthday party. And uh, the feel of family uh, with these guys, once you're accepted in, because they are so pulled out by the public. They can't go to the grocery store like you or I. So people don't realize how much they give up to have what they have. Of course, they're paid a lot of money. But uh, probably just being that Funny uh, bit of normalcy yesterday, uh, one of the players said to me, uh, I said, what? So some told me, he says, you know, I never thought I'd find a hillbilly. Uh, he said, I never thought I would find a hillbilly so funny. <laughs> and this is uh, one of the NBA players. So it's just the uncommonality of where I came from and just keeping them grounded. That's the biggest thing, the relationships, the friendships. So, Douglas, let's flip the coin a little bit. We talked about what's the best part of your job. Now, tell me about the biggest challenges that you face. The biggest challenge that we face a lot of times is coordinating with the team trainers and making sure that we're both on the same page. Uh, a lot of the team trainers don't uh, like when the guys go out to the team the trainers because we may do something or focus on things that they don't want to what it really happens is we get that one-on-one time with them to know where they need to be. So probably working with the team or uh, the agent. The, the sports agent world is very uh, curious in its own nature. So uh, probably the least thing that I like working with is, is, is around the agents. But it's also my employer, so it's kind of weird. So you, uh, when we talk about sports agents, uh, I think a lot of people uh, tend to think of uh, Tom Cruise and his role of uh, Jerry Maguire, you know, uh, show me the money. <laughs> well, that, that movie was based off a guy named Drew Rosenhaus that owns RSR Sport. Uh, not only have I done a lot of work with Drew and his brother Jason, but I'm very, very close friends with his brother Jason to speak on a weekly basis, so. Uh, I've been blessed to get inside that world that they have. It's pretty true, uh, true movie. Pretty much how it works out here. Very good. Now we talked about uh, how you got started and uh, 
things of that nature. But uh, Doug, what is next for you? Uh, what is there anything else on the horizon? Things that you would like to do? Well, I've just been. Um, I'm getting ready to go. Uh, COVID's really messed a lot of things up for us this year, but. Uh, I've been contracted to go over and work with the Jamaican national basketball team in preparation for the Olympics in Tokyo, so I'm very proud about that and looking forward to it as soon as we get all the travel arrangements together. I've kind of stepped away back from the day-to-day operations of the business and taken more of a time focusing working with the players on a new player management business that I have where we work with the player to help them find the right agent, but just them find the everything from uh, the correct agent to the endorsement world. So we've been doing a lot of shoe deals now with our players and other parts. So I'm pretty excited about that. And folks, it all began on Hall Street in Ripley, West Virginia. And the bottom of my business card says, in quotes, just a kid from Hall Street. Just a, just a kid from Hall Street. <laughs> Doug, it's been great uh, talking with you and getting caught up, and we wish you the best of luck in your um, in your career. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, home is Ripley and always has been, and uh, out there, everybody that's listening, my techniques truly came from the coaches that we had at Ripley High. So I'm very grateful to everyone I ever had coached me there. So, Mike, it's been wonderful, and I look forward to getting home soon. Mike Rubin had this conversation with the Viking all-time assist leader, maybe one of the most unselfish players to suit up at Ripley High School, and now he's filling the same role at OVU. Here's Ripley's own Jamison Hunt. We're talking here on Viking 360 with the Ripley High graduate, Jamison Hunt, now playing his basketball for the Ohio Valley University Fighting Scots. Jamison, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me again. Well, the Scots are off to a, um, a five-game start, a one-and-four start. Uh, how are things going uh, with the program up at uh, Vienna? Um, overall, I would say we're uh, we're having a decent year. Um, the the non-conference schedule being wiped out uh, due to COVID and stuff. Usually, where we we pick up a few road wins. Um, like I think last year, they had wins against Rye Grand and Ohio Christian, along with some others, but. The conference, the uh, GMAC conference, is one of the tougher conferences in the country. Um, very solid from top to bottom. So uh, this is my first year in the GMAC with Ohio Valley, and um, it's a it's a pretty tall league, big league. Um, but we're we're a small team. Uh, we're trying to fight it through um, athleticism, playing hard, uh, trying to speed teams up. So. Overall, I think it's a learning experience for me, and uh, I'm enjoying it so far. And Jameson, by the the GMAC, we're talking about the the Great Midwest Conference, and uh, I noticed in a few of your games, uh, uh, you put up uh, what 95 points in one game and 107 points in another game. So uh, it can be a, a very fast tempo conference. Yeah, that's what my first my first game. Uh, we, we went up to Tiffin, Ohio, and played against Tiffin, and I think we ended up losing that game 123 to 107, and it kind of reminded me of my uh, first three years at West Virginia State, just up and down, kind of like a racetrack and uh, a track meet. So, um, yeah, it, it can be, but now we're starting to figure out uh, some teams are going to try and slow us down, 
So uh, we got to still try and play our pace and not play into their their hands. But overall, it is um, it's an athletic league. A lot of teams can put up points, and a lot of teams are good defensively. So uh, it can go either way any night. Jameson, you mentioned that there is some height in the league, and, and one game that I did happen to uh, catch, I think the opposing team had a pair of seven-footers in that lineup, but that's not something you see very often. No, no, especially um, at state when our tallest player was about six eight or stuff, but we're a lot more athletic. Um, but, yes, the GMAC is very tall. Uh, that same week we played against Hillsdale, their two guards were six five, and then they had three guys that were six eight. So uh, definitely a, a matchup problem for us because I mean even our our post players, some of them aren't even six eight. So uh, we we have to play extremely hard in the paint, uh, try and force those bigs out uh, to somewhere they're not comfortable outside the paint, about fifteen feet. And um, but yeah, Trebeka was definitely some of the. Biggest guys I've ever played against with two seven, seven foot two inch guys, and then they bring a six eleven guy off the bench. So, um, kind of makes me happy being six one and just guarding people outside the three point line and not worried about them so much. Uh, Jameson, uh, what is uh, what do you see uh, uh, your role being on the on this Fighting Scott team? Yeah, coming off the bench, I try to bring a lot of energy. You know, we we play a fast paced game. So usually when I'm coming to the game, some of our guys are kind of getting a little bit tired from being out there for five to six minutes. So coming off the bench and uh, bringing some energy is something I think that we could use. Um, our system, we usually have five guards, five people out there on the floor who can dribble the ball. So um, as a point guard, i got to get in the paint, make plays, get our offense set up, and defensively just be solid. Um not try to be in the passing lanes too much, getting back door and being a, re- a liability on defense. So just containing my guy on defense, not letting him score, uh, getting rebounds when I can. And um, But if I had to uh, break it down to two main things, I'd probably say energy and uh, getting guys in the right spot on offense. Jamison, you've been around the game uh, a while, uh, a junior now in, in college. So uh, for the young people that are listening out there, what advice uh, would you have for them if they have aspirations uh, for playing college basketball? What would you advise them to do as a high school player if they want to go on and play at the next level? Um, one thing that I kind of uh, learned as a freshman in uh, high school was accepting your role. You know, you see, you see guys in the NBA um, – who obviously can be really good scorers on their college team, or um, but they accept their role in the NBA. I mean, one example that comes to mind would be Draymond Green. You know, Draymond Green's not a scorer, but he can rebound the ball extremely well. He's a great defender. He brings energy um, like nobody else does in the league. Even though I'm not a fan of the Warriors, I respect um, how he plays and how he uh, holds that team together. So, um, you know. In college, everybody can be able to score in high high school. So um, some people, when they get to college, like me, I'm, I haven't been scoring a lot this year. But the reason I find minutes is I accept my role. I get guys in the right spot, and uh, I bring energy. So you got to find your role, and then try and be the best at that role you can be. 
Jameson, most people know that uh, your father, uh, Steve, has been successful as a coach both on the high school and on the college level, and uh, I understand that that may be part of your future plans as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, so one thing I've kind of been looking into ever since I was in middle school was coaching college basketball after I get done playing collegiately. Um, part of me wished my dad was um, – a big-time coach that way. I had all those big-time experiences, like watching games at Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, which um, I think he would have had that opportunity um, had he stayed with it and not came back to Ripley and coached the girls when I was born. But, um, you know, coaching is a passion of mine. I like I like teaching younger kids more about the game. And it's not even about the game. Sometimes it's about molding kids into men. And... Um, I think basketball is a way for me to do that, and basketball gives me a chance to still be around the game. Um, hopefully I can get a graduate assistant spot somewhere, um, get my master's, and uh, go into college ranks from there. Jameson, thank you so much for spending some time with me on one of your days off uh, at Ohio Valley, and, and good luck for the rest of the season. appreciate it, Rube. Thank you. That'll wrap up episode 71, Rube. Hope everyone enjoys it. I think it was a uh, good episode packed with a lot of good Viking sports. Stay safe, Viking Nation. (laughs) 